0: Hello, and welcome back to the Coffee & Foils podcast. I'm your host, Simone, and I'm so thankful to have you here today. My guest on this episode is registered dietitian Eleni, and I will give you more info on what that means at the end of this episode, but I cannot begin without saying that she herself has an amazing podcast that I will link to in the episode description. Today, Eleni and I discussed what changed her from a stylist hopper to a loyal client, and the importance of connecting with your stylist, being honest, and being given realistic expectations. We also compare finding the right stylist to dating, which I think everyone listening can agree with. This episode is one you don't want to miss, so let's begin. Hi, Eleni. Thanks for joining me today. Oh my God, thank you
1: so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be on your podcast. I've been so excited to have this conversation. Yeah, for sure. And I hope that it'll be helpful for people who could relate to like my hair situation, which obviously like we'll get into. Not that it's like anything crazy, but for like the average person's hair who doesn't have like Pantene Pro-V hair or something (laughs) like, you know, on the commercials.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what we decided we would talk about today is that before you found your current stylist, you would hop around, nothing ever really satisfied you, and that you've been with your current stylist for a bunch of years now. Yeah. So I want people to hear why you never settled with one person and then what made you settle with one person. I think that's really important because as a stylist, I often don't know why people only see me one time. And I also, obviously I feel honored when someone stays with me, but I don't know what the standout is there. So I think that could be helpful.
1: Yeah. So I think like I've always, so I have like very, like, I would say like basic hair, like there's nothing special about it. It's not good. It's not bad. It like kind of listens to what you want you know, it's to do. um, It's just like brown, which I've always been happy with. And I think like I've never done anything crazy with my hair. So going to like recommendations from like people that I know or like a chain place that my mom used to go to when I was growing up, like I never really did anything different to my hair. And when I found my current stylist, I felt like not only did like our vibe match up. Like our connection was really good, but I felt like she really listened to what I said and like asked me questions about like what I was looking for. And I hadn't like, I've just like gotten trims in the past. Like, you know, like, Oh, can you just trim it? Like there wasn't anything special about it. And I think sometimes like some stylists are like good at doing one type of hair if that makes sense. So like there was this one person that I had gone to that like family members of mine had gone to and friends of mine, but like this individual only knew how to do like long hair that people wanted to have like beachy waves and blonde highlights. And that's like not my hair at all. Not you. Like, (laughs) so like when I went to her, like she kind of like didn't know what to do. So when I, what do I do
0: with your hair?
1: And I feel like she would just do what she wanted to do with people's hair. And I remember, like, my friend had gone to her one time and she was like, oh, I don't want to be that blonde. And, like, she still made her, like, really blonde. So, like, she did what she wanted to do. So, even though I didn't personally have any hair color experience with this person, um, I didn't feel comfortable. Like, I was sitting in the chair and, like, didn't know what it would come out. Like, is she going to cut it the way that I like it? And things like that. Whereas when I met my current stylist that I've been with for a really long time, I'm never worried when I like sit in the chair, I know that like, she knows what I like and she knows what like looks good and realistic for my hair. And I'll like, trust her. Like I could close my eyes and like open them and like be fine. Like not like, Oh my God, what just happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's- so I hope that, did that answer your question or did I go off on a tangent?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think it did. Um, but I have some questions based on that. So you were kind of, because. Because your hair had never really turned out special. You were just willing to go wherever somebody said to go, to whoever. And it was always fine, but never great. You never felt really good about it. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, wow, like I need to come back
1: here because I want this replicated. It was kind of like, okay, whatever. This is fine. It was good enough.
0: Yeah. Okay. So up until that point when you found your current stylist, it was just like, my hair is dead, I need a trim, who's available, whatever. And it was just yeah. something that you did. It wasn't something you were like necessarily looking forward to or something that was exciting, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So then when you found your current stylist, if you can remember even the very first or second time, what was it? Because when you have a relationship with somebody for years and years and years, obviously you reach a certain point that mm. – like the comfort point from the very first minute if you can put yourself back to the first visit do you know what it was that stood out or what was it that made you come back initially
1: I think the first time I went to that stylist I was just randomly assigned her and I was there for a blowout and I guess we like hit it off and I was like she's cool I like her and it's it's kind of funny because you would think that you would want to go to a stylist who like has the same hair as you or like likes the same style as you in terms of hair, if that makes sense. And I always thought like, I guess like it's just human nature, like to go to someone like, Oh wait, like I want hair like that person. But this stylist like has like a completely like different hair type than mine or hairstyle. And it didn't bother me. It didn't make me think anything about it. But like, I guess if someone was like, judging someone based off of that and they were like, well, my hair is different than this person's hair. How are they gonna know how to do my hair? But that's kind of like the point of like being a well read stylist or a well-educated stylist that you can like, you know, mold your style to whatever the person has. So I remember like thinking, okay, this is cool. I like this. I'm gonna come back to her. And then I came for a haircut. And back then, I don't think I was doing any color. And, um, so it was just like haircuts. And then eventually as I think I was like, you know, what? like one time I was like, you know, I'm kind of like tired of like my hair color and I want something like a little bit richer. Can we do something like that? And she was like, yeah, we could do something like that. Like nothing permanent, just something that like will fade out over time or whatever. So it's not like it's going to grow out and look anything crazy. And so that's when we, started doing the color. And I was like confident that since she knew what I liked, like haircut wise, that the color would be fine. And I was like, yeah, sure. That looks great. Like, you know, and then now I'm at a place where I do have some gray hairs and it's something that I know isn't like a huge deal. Cause I'm not growing out completely gray, but I appreciate that she is honest in terms of like, okay, this is like what it's like. Like she didn't just like say, okay, let's permanently dye your hair, whatever color you like it, because it's going to change your hair texture and like the actual like hair molecule I guess and then you have to keep up with it and you're just not at a place where you need that and so I appreciated that like she was honest about it and wasn't just like yeah sure let's just cover them up and you know whatever
0: yeah so all of that is definitely great points um and it sounds like what initially drew you in was the vibe and the connection. Yeah. More than anything else. And that's interesting because there's like studies on this about- Oh, really? That's so cool. And it's like, I can't say it's something that like we're all taught, but I feel like it's general knowledge that as a hairstylist, people are more likely to come back to you if there was a connection more Mm. so than if your skills were up to par so essentially what that means is you can be like kind of a bad stylist yeah. with really good human skills and yeah. still build a really flourishing clientele. Um, Which is crazy, right? Yeah. And, but it does make sense, right? Because it's so intimate and someone is physically touching you even in this crazy world where we don't mm-hmm. want anybody to touch us. Rock. <laughs> and they're spending time with you. And even for something like a blowout, that's like a solid 30 minutes. And it's not like, uh, when you're at the doctor and they come in for like 45 seconds and then like a nurse comes Correct. in and someone else comes in and you know, it's they're they're with you. It's one-on-one. So it makes sense that the vibe would yeah, be for sure. you back in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think so. And like, I don't know, it's just like, when it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And I never had that feeling. With, it was like, I met the one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, finding the right stylist is, is a lot like dating.
1: It really must be right. because I mean, I had, like I said, I had like stylist hopped for like so long and because like, I kind of didn't do anything crazy to my hair. It didn't really make a difference to me. Yeah. Um, so finding someone that I felt like wanting to come back to I felt like was really what made me make that decision
0: yeah and I feel like before that you weren't connecting with the people who were doing your hair but I also think that you were like seeing the work that came out of there and you weren't impressed by that and you didn't feel confident that anything great would even happen to you while you were in their chair. So like you weren't connecting with them personally, you, you weren't admiring their work. Um, so what reason would you even have to come back? Correct. hundred percent. Right? So other than the initial, uh, connection that you had with your stylist, was there anything about the environment that drew you in? Is that important to you as a client?
1: Um, I think it just, it depends. Like what I, I think like if this person like was working out of the basement of their home, I would still go to them. So it doesn't really make a difference. Obviously cleanliness is something that's important to me. So that obviously is taken into consideration. Um, But I return to that salon because of the stylist. Okay. Like if that stylist wasn't at that salon, I would
0: go wherever that stylist went. Okay. So for you as someone who's been loyal for years and years, you find their connection, the connection that you have and their skills to be more important than the environment that you're in while you're with them.
1: Yeah. I think some people prefer like a specific environment. Like I had gone to, um, a salon in Queens a few times that's like considered to be like a very high end, like bougie salon. And like I never had a good experience there, like the blowouts or whatever i I had my hair i it was so unremarkable that I don't remember it, but like people know of that salon as like being like top of the line, even okay. though like my experience there wasn't phenomenal like it was just whatever so if 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 someone's like looking for like a certain experience, I could see how that might deter them or attract them but I'm I mean, I guess I'm not very wooed by the environment, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you think for some people the ambiance or the environment yeah. might might have a lot to do with it. That even if someone is having like no connection and terrible hair, they're just like, "Oh, but I love the fact that I'm exactly I can afford it." And it's like, you know, exactly Like going out to a nice restaurant where the food sucks, mm-hmm. but you're like, "Oh, but just to I say you're there, all those three hundred dollars, so it must be great." Exactly.
1: Yeah, 100%. a hundred percent. I think some cover type thing. Some people are definitely like that, and I mean, I guess if they're if they're happy, that's fine. But like. I feel like, you know, having someone that you trust that you are going to keep going to throughout different phases of your life. Like obviously, like as we get older, the gray situation, our hair texture may change, we may lose hair, and so like the stylist that I currently see, like I trust her to like grow with me in that sense. Like I saw a picture of like a hair color from like an ad on Instagram and I sent it to her and I was like, "Can we do something like this?" and it's like nothing like significantly different than what I have now but like it's like a little bit more warm kind of like a little bit more reddish but like a little bit different and you know she was like yeah like we could totally do this we'd have to do this this and that and whatever but if I came to her and I was like with like crazy blonde highlights or whatever she would I would trust her to tell me like uh I don't think that that gonna like
0: look so great but we can try this if that makes sense yeah. So someone who's willing to be realistic um, yeah, and not say no, but give you options that are more likely to work. It sounds yeah.
1: Like. And I, I think that's important because sometimes a lot of people may look at like a picture of something and they're like, I want that. But like your hair length or your texture may not be suitable or you may not have that final result, if that makes sense. And I think it's important to trust the person that you're going to is going to like tell you that. If that makes sense, because sometimes people like want to believe like oh their hair is going to be like this and it's just not going to come out that way and they're not going to be happy with it in the long run and so i think it's important when like a stylist is like aware of those limitations like i'm aware of the limitations of my hair my hair can't get too long because it's not super thick so it's not going to have the volume that i like it's just going to kind of like hang there yeah so that's never like a look that i'm going for if that yeah. makes sense
0: well i think i think what's important <clears throat> for me to point out here and not necessarily, uh, to help you, but to help any other hairstylist yeah. out there. Uh, and I, have experienced this within the salon that I work at is that sometimes I feel like when someone's newer, I'm going to say the younger stylist, and I don't mean an age, I mean an experience. Um, they don't always feel comfortable saying no or giving options. And I'm not trying to generalize because I'm sure there are some newer stylists out there that really rock their confidence and know 100% what can and cannot be done. And they're just like, yes, no, why don't we do this? I'm sure they they exist. Yeah. But at least for me, it took time. And every year that I further um, my career, I feel even more and more confident to tell people, you know what? That is never going to work. In your hair, you're never going to be that color. Uh, so why don't we try this and that? So um, on in that vein, uh, I think it's, it's a learning lesson for people to hear that as a client, yeah. you, you appreciate when someone tells you no, because it doesn't sound like they're telling you no. It sounds like they're saying that might not work, but I can give you a version of that that will work. And that's really strong and powerful for a client to hear because they're not being shut down. But they're also being guided in the right direction. And then also at the end of the day, giving they're still given a choice, right? So if your stylist were to turn around and say, blonde is not going to work for you, but how about we try this? And you insisted that you had to be blonde. I'm sure your stylist would turn around and say, okay, you know what? You're going to get it. Because that stylist knows that if they're right, you're going to turn around in a week and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You were so right. Can you please fix it? So I, I think the lesson is that stylists who are new or stylists who haven't developed that confidence yet to tell people no instead of just jumping in and doing what someone's asking is to take a pause and to think about it and to say, this client is going to appreciate me and trust me so much more if I share with them my knowledge that this might not work for them.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, as a stylist you guys are the experts when it comes to these things and you understand things on on a different level than the average person just from like looking at something aesthetically like I don't know if you remember but like there was like a a time when people had like what was it like where it was like dark on top and then like fading to like blonde or like okay. a light like an ombre kind of thing but like sometimes like it would look not on me personally, cause I never did it, but like I would see people and I'm like, that just doesn't look nice. Like yeah. it doesn't look right. Like, you know, and I know that, I guess that was like the style or whatever. And I guess if it was subtle, that's kind of cool. But like, I would respect some, like a stylist so much more for saying like, I know that's the trend, but like, because your hair is so dark, like it's going to look like such a stark contrast. It's not going to blend as well. It's not going to give you that desired look. I would prefer someone be honest with me than like do what I want and then it be terrible. And when you're dealing with coloring someone's hair and like bleaching someone's hair, like that's like a permanent thing. Yeah. You know, you can't just like undo it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you've created damage. That's the thing that's really not reversible in, in our canvas, let's say. Yeah. Because uh, you
1: can't, like, undo it. like, And then even putting color back into it, it may not take the same way and yeah, things like that. Yeah.
0: And uh, I've definitely seen some newer, younger stylists kind of get themselves into hot water because people will come in asking for something crazy. And yeah. I've seen it in, like, what the person's asking for is this big, huge project, which is going to take hours. And they're only in the person's schedule for, like, 30 or 45 minutes. And they're like... <gasps> okay, let's do it. And I don't always think it's because they're excited to do something different. I think it's because they don't know how to tell somebody that they don't have enough time or enough skill or their hair isn't capable of doing the thing. So yeah. I love that you're sitting here saying that uh, you appreciate that. A hundred percent. Because sometimes I think we need to speak up, not for ourselves, but for our clients. A hundred percent. And yeah. you know what? Like Like I'm a dietitian and so like
1: there are many different areas of nutrition. So it kind of relates to that where like let's say something is out of your area of expertise. Like I'm sure there are different stylists that are known for different things. Like there are stylists that probably put in hair extensions and there are stylists that put in like the sewing extensions and all these things. And it's like that's like their specialty, which is fine. But then maybe they're not great at color. So like, you know, like they should stay within like their scope. And it's like, I don't know, I feel like it builds more integrity and more of a rapport between you and the client to be honest with them and say like, listen, I see that this is what you want. Like, I don't think that 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 could work for your hair. I think this could work for your hair. And then the client can make the decision as to like what they want. And I would rather someone tell me like uh there's not enough time in this appointment to do what you want because sometimes like i think people have to come back multiple times yeah right like to get a certain look or whatever and so that takes time and effort from the person that you're going to and then like for the client as well to sit there and like wait it out or whatever so like as i said my hair is like pretty low maintenance when it comes to stuff but i know people that like go completely blonde. Like they have to be in every single month to get like their touch-ups and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's just important for, to feel comfortable
0: and know that the stylist is being honest with you. Yeah. I had um, a girl in recently, a client of mine that I love, she's 16. Um, I love my teenagers because uh, they're bratty and they know that they're bratty and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she wants to be blonde. She always wants to be as blonde as possible. And I always ride the line of, "I'll make you as blonde as possible," but like, listen, you're a teenager, so you don't need to be in here every month. So let's make this low maintenance. Let's make it blonde, whatever. So she comes in. She has so much hair the probably the most hair I've ever seen in my life and I need so much extra time with her and I had a standard amount of time with her and she tells me she wants to be really blonde and I looked at her and I said to her listen I can either make you really blonde on top Mm. or we can do your hair another day or We can split this into two sessions. I can make you blonde on top and I can do the underneath in a week or two. And I I was being honest with her. I do not have the time to do what you're asking me to do today. Not your fault, not my fault. I'm so sorry, this is inconvenient for you because regardless if you want what you want you're gonna have to come back another time but here are your options. Do you want me to do half the work today all the work another day or half the work split between two sessions? What do you want? Because if I do what I have time for today, you're going to leave unhappy. And that does take experience to be able to say that to someone. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, the girl is 16. So she's learning that lesson early on. And if she grows up and gets a job in another state and moves away and never goes to see another stylist and they're not honest with her like that, she's going to be shocked because now the beginning of her hair life, has been with a stylist like me that is completely honest, Yeah, gives her what she's asking for, but, like, done the right way. So yeah. um, I think that's – I love that you appreciate that, Um, and I think more people need to realize how underrated that is. Now, what I do want to ask you, going back to something that you said before, because I think it's interesting – is you said that your stylist has very different hair than you. And I think a lot of the time people do gravitate towards people that have the same hair as them. But if we were all only good at doing hair that looked like ours, like hairstylists wouldn't have to be so well-rounded, right? Yeah. So like I would only be doing like funky hair color, Short edgy hair, but truthfully, most of my clientele is like long, beachy, and like sun kissed. And like, my hair is naturally black, I've never been sun kissed a day in my life. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, if I had people not trusting me based on that, I would be nowhere. I don't even want to do hair like mine, to be honest. Like, will I? Of course, because it's fun every once in a while to do yeah. hair like mine, but. That's not what I that's not my bread and butter. Um so going back to that it's like did that make you unsure of if she was going to be able to style your hair? Like I don't know how to ask the question. I think oh. you, you understand what I'm getting at. Um no, not at all because like okay, so if you've ever been to
1: like a like a place that like just does blowouts and they have like a menu of like all the different hairstyles. So you could see like what it's going to look like or what it's supposed to look like, you know what to expect. Yeah. So like for someone who has never like gone to someone who had any sort of, I guess, well-styled hair, if that makes sense, like their hair, like the people that I had previously gone to, their hair was just like, whatever, like, normal, like nothing special. Like I never like thought like, Oh, well I want my hair to look like their hair, but they just like did whatever, you know, like a trim with like long layers or let, let's just say, I think that that's what I would always say. Um, so when I went and I was like matched to this person and like, I saw how like they did a great blowout or whatever, it just felt comfortable. So I didn't think like, oh, is that person going to try to make their hair? Like, I just had that feeling that they wouldn't, if that makes sense. Okay. As compared to, like, that other person where, like, like my sister and other family friends went to, she made everyone look the same and, like, only knew how to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, the point is, is that you shouldn't look at a stylist and say, oh, I want their hair and that's why I'm going to go to them. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. It's you that. know what I mean? Because yeah. like, they're not even doing their own hair. Like they're not gen- yeah. generally cutting their own uh-huh. hair, and, like, <laughs> styling their own hair. So I think it's just an interesting thing though, to consider, like when you walk into a, like, let's say you walk into a new salon, like you don't really know what to expect from the person. You know, are they going to do what you ask them to? Are they going to do what they think looks best? Are they going to try to do a combination of both of like what you're asking plus what they think would look best? Right.
0: And that is kind of the happy medium. That is what you want, right? Like for them to hear you, but also to give their professional opinion and meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting to think that someone walking into a salon might look at someone with long flowy hair and be like, oh, I want that person to do my hair, but that person might only know how to do one thing. And someone 100%. with like shorter, funkier hair might know how to do all the things, or they might know how to do only one thing. It doesn't, it's not necessarily reflective 100%. of what they'll be giving you.
1: And I think like, I've just been going to like the person that I go to for so long that I don't even really remember anything prior to that. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing. But I think, like I said, like it's important to feel like you can trust the person, that you can grow with the person, that the person listens to you. And those are things that you should definitely, you know, have a feeling for and like always to like speak up. Like if you don't feel comfortable with something or you're not sure about something that you should always like ask questions because it's better to ask questions and have your concerns addressed at the time than like leaving a swan and being like unhappy.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with all of that. And I think I mean that's sort of a mission that I'm on is to make that known and I have spoken about how as as the stylist it's not it's not fun or exciting when someone tells you that they're not happy with something, right? But uh it's more about it's, like, it's not offensive either. I mean, I guess it depends on who's saying it and, and how yeah. and stuff like that. But if, if you miss the mark somehow, I appreciate being given the opportunity to fix it rather than never knowing. And how is that teaching a stylist to grow or to learn or to get better at communication?
1: Yeah. So like for you, like when it comes to color, like you can never be a hundred percent sure it's going to come out the way that you plan it to, right. There's probably so many different things that come into play. Like I I remember you put up a post on your social media where you were like all brunettes lift warm or something. Yeah. All all color lifts warm. So like if someone is looking for a cool tone and your hair is naturally a warm tone, it's probably really hard to like Cause it's not like you could just wave a magic wand. Like you're mixing the color. You don't know how the hair is going to take to it. Like there's so many different things. So I feel like if you're someone who has like a high maintenance, like hair color situation or like is expecting a certain thing, like you should also be understanding that like, it's not just like a haircut where you can cut someone's hair to look a certain way. You know what I mean? It takes more. It's not just, Hundred percent up to the stylist, like because you don't have a hundred percent control over like what their hair actually does. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know it's like everything that we learn is essentially perfect world scenario. So what that means is when we're learning chemistry, we're learning that on an average amount of hair with an average. Uh, texture. You know, it's not straight. It's not curly. It's like the perfect density and there's no weird ethnicities that go into it that make it unpredictable. Like we're talking a very, very average scenario. I always call it perfect world scenario. Yeah. And that's how we learn chemistry. And then through experience, you learn that different textures are going to lift or behave differently and things like that. But there's always a surprise. There's always someone lifts faster than you thought they would or or not as fast as you thought they would. Or when they walk out of the salon, their hair looks perfect. So they come back a month later and it's like brassy, like copper, like a penny. And you're like, Whoa, you left the salon as a cool brunette. I, you know, so there's all these things that go into it and ethnicities actually play a big part because depending upon where their ancestors are from, even like people don't even think about that, but so much goes into it. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something. And then like when people bring in pictures of haircuts, nine times out of 10, they like the way it was styled. Yeah. So you give that person that haircut, if they're not styling it that way, or if they don't know how, or if they're like a wash and wear person, it's never going to look like that. So, and yeah. that's where more honesty from the stylist comes in too. Like I can give you a version of that that's going to look that's going to look good on you, but it's not going to look like this unless you curl it. And if you don't know how to curl it, we need to work on that too. And if you're not going to curl it, it's never going to look like that. So. Yeah. yeah. I I think think just being is the best way. Yeah. For
1: sure. A hundred percent. So I think, you know, if someone's listening to this and like, they're like not super happy with the person that they're currently with, they should like try to communicate with them, like what they like, what they don't like, and if they're still, like, ignoring that, what they're saying, then you should probably
0: find a new stylist who would, like, yeah. actually listen to you. And especially if the connection isn't there. Because I think two people can connect, like, a, a stylist and, and a client can connect. Uh, but if, the, the, if, if, like, you have a fun time with them, but they don't understand your language... Mm. then that's, that's not even still a true connection. It's Correct. really so much like dating, right? Someone's good on paper. Like yeah. a, someone that you're dating could be good on paper, but also like your stylist could be good on paper. And, but if they're not understanding your language or what you're asking for, what you're talking about, then, then that might not be the person for you. Maybe you can go on like a second date, you know, so yeah. you know, maybe one of you were just like in a mood that day. But after that, like it's it's kind of time to go. So if someone yeah. is what you're asking for, and you're also not connecting, then maybe then it's better just like pack up and go. But if you are connecting and they're not understanding, I feel like that's kind of when you need to be like, "Hey, we need to talk." Yeah. You know, in whatever sense that is for that person.
1: And like you said, like if someone wasn't happy with something that you did, like you would appreciate them like coming to you and saying like, "Hey, like." I like this, but I'm not so crazy about this. Is there any way we could fix it or improve it or whatever? And giving, like, you, the, the stylist, the opportunity to, you know, ameliorate the situation.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like when there's someone who I didn't feel a connection with as a stylist, if they don't come back, I mean, I don't want to say this to sound mean, but like, I almost don't even realize that they, they don't come back. But when there's someone that I have a connection with, if I never see them again, if I saw them once and never saw them again, or if I saw them a million times and then suddenly don't see them again, that's something that follows me. Maybe not yeah. a day, but like once a year, like an annual, that person pops into my head. And I wonder, um, what happened there. And, uh, what I want to say is that even for stylists, it's like dating too, because mm-hmm. not everybody is my cup of tea, right? And I'm always going to be professional and I'm always going to deliver. And sometimes it does take a few times for that connection to come out because maybe this the the client is a little shy or the client's a little reserved or the client mm-hmm. is dealing with some trauma from another stylist, yeah. right? So it, it takes a little bit to come out of their shell. But it's like, I, I can almost always tell within a handful of times if that person is not going to stay with me forever because it is a lot like dating. And if the connection isn't there, if I can't read them, if we can't have fun and laugh, if if, yeah. I, if I don't feel like I'm having a fun time hanging out with them, then they must not feel like they're having a fun time hanging out with me either. And I can't ever see that going much further. So I just wanted to throw that out there that like it's okay for Silas to feel like you don't love. Everybody. But it is interesting to get to a place in your career where you can honestly say that you love all of your clients because you have that vibe so strongly that the people who aren't attracted to that vibe won't come back to you. And that's a really interesting place to be. And I will say that, like, I'm always professional always professional. So even if there's someone that I don't immediately click with, that doesn't mean I'm going to give them the worst experience of their lives. I'm still yeah, going to try really and make so. it the best experience they've ever had. But if we just don't connect, then, then maybe I'm just not the stylist for them and that's okay yeah. too. Um, so I think all of these things grow, go into someone being loyal. Yeah, I think it's not just
1: one specific answer. It's like a conglomerate of different things, and I think at the end of the day, like you have to just feel like you can trust the person, like as in dating. You know, <laughs> if there's no trust, the relationship's over. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Because if you can't trust the person, like, and and I think like the when I refer to to my stylist to like family and friends and stuff, and they're like. You just trust her. I'm like, yeah, like I know, like she, I was like, yeah, take off like however much you think we should or whatever. And she like does her thing. And I'm never afraid that it's going to be too much or whatever. And it's just, you know, I guess when the person consistently delivers, that's how you build the trust. And then, you know, the client would most likely be very loyal at that point.
0: Yeah. I think, I think this is a topic that we've only, uh, Like it's the tip of the iceberg, right? Um, Because I've always wondered what makes somebody salon hop and then Mm. what makes somebody stay. And I've seen it many, many times. Um, And sometimes I'm surprised to hear that someone who's been with me for a long time was never loyal before me, right? So I'm loving this topic. I think uh, there's a lot more to explore. So, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. But before we wrap up, I have a few questions. Yes, fire away. Number one How do you take your coffee?
1: I take my coffee with some almond milk and one stevia.
0: I don't like it too light. I don't like it too dark, like a moderate brown. And just like a tiny bit of sweetness. Yeah, exactly. Love that. You have like a, a favorite color of coffee? Like, right? Because you just said, like, you know, like, you know, not too dark. like a chestnut color. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Uh, And next question is, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but can you think of your worst salon experience ever? I
1: went to one of those – like salons that just does blowouts for a friend's bachelorette party. Like we all went and the person who did my hair did like a terrible job. Like it looked really bad, which I had never had that type of experience. Like I could have done like a better job and they put so much hairspray in my hair and it was just really, really terrible. And And I never went back ever again. When you
0: left, like, were you able did you have to go home and redo it? Like, what did you do about that? There was
1: no time. Cause we were already like dressed up. Like we were in the city and we went to like the, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was funny. Um, It wasn't funny, but it was like, I mean, it didn't look so terrible, but like based on my standards and like what I like or whatever, and it did not look anything like the picture. And it was just like, Like my hair generally does what you want it to do. So if like you're going to curl it, like it'll stay curly. But this person, like I think just kind of like overdid it. So it just was like not a pleasant experience. And that I'm sure didn't help your confidence for the night out either. No, it was terrible. And it was like an ongoing joke,
0: like (laughs) of how bad it was. (laughs) Um, Do you have any pictures of that night? I might have to check. You're going you're gonna to have to
1: look. You know? Yeah. Um, I probably didn't take that many pictures because of
0: that. <laughs> because you weren't feeling fantastic. Yeah. And off the top of your head, to end it on a good note, can you think of the best salon experience you've ever had? And tell me about that. Um,
1: I would say the first time I went back after COVID, like when salons reopened and like my hair needed so much like trim and like a color refresh. That was like my happiest because I had never seen how like my hair was just so bad and just so long and no shape or anything. And so I was so happy when I left. I felt
0: like a new person. Like that really made you appreciate your before and
1: after. Yes. Oh my (laughs) God, for sure. Cause it just had gotten so bad. And then once like things had like opened up a little bit. It was just hard to like get an appointment, so then that like deterred it further. So it was like a good 6 months without anything. Yeah, wow. That was which was, was traumatizing, traumatizing. That was a <laughs> for all of us. For sure. <laughs> all right.
0: So on that note, again, I thank you so much. This was so great. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And I'm so honored to be a part of this. Yeah, I'll have you back anytime. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Oleni, for the great insight into client loyalty. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to let me interview you. Now, as promised, Eleni is a registered dietitian who specializes in intuitive eating. She has helped countless people break free from diet culture and heal their relationship with food. I, myself, am a client of Eleni's and I can say for sure she has changed my life. Her podcast is the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast and her episodes are so easy to listen to and super informative. You can also follow her Instagram. Her handle is at all.bodies.nutrition, where she posts great anti-diet content and adorable stories with her pug, Penelope. And thank you again for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. And as always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils Podcast on Instagram and DM me with any questions or ideas you may have. See you next Monday.